This winter, two pastors, one podcast, one voiceover. Critics are calling it sensational. Earth as we know it will never be the same. This will make for one epic Epic, podcast. podcast. (laughs) Welcome everyone to Two Pastors and a Podcast. My name is Pastor Brent, and I am the pastor of New Beginnings of Stafford, Virginia. Hey guys, uh, I'm Dusty Carson, the pastor of Braveheart Community Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Hey, I don't know why our voiceover guy was recording that in the back of a cave, but hey, we're glad to have you. Today, we're going to be tackling some hard issues, but also some of the lighter issues of life that Christians and pastors will face. On today's podcast, we will actually be tackling the subject of comparison on two pastors. And a podcast. Well, did that sound okay? Sounds epic. Actually, I think it sounds 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 epic. epic. Thank you so much for joining us here on Two Pastors and Podcast. I just want to go ahead and introduce ourselves a little bit to, so that everybody who's listening will know a little bit more information about us. When Before I became a pastor, I was actually a sumo wrestler in the olden days. Do you believe that? I can see that. Really? You think so? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I, I'd have to gain a lot more weight. I mean, I was pretty big, but just to kind of tell you a little bit about my family, we are truly the Brady Bunch all mixed up and Marsha is always getting hit in the face of the football. <laughs> and as to my education, I went to about 80 different colleges and finally got my degree in pastoral theology and I crammed four years into six. So uh, that was uh, definitely a good experience in, in life. You know, college life was fun. Oh, now, it was too was, fun. Was it fun for you? <laughs> a little too fun. Uh, you, you know, I actually went to a college. Now I got to tell you about this. I went to a college. We went, we had this dorm life. Okay. Now in my dorm, uh, now, how many people? Actually, let me ask you this way: How many people did you have in your uh, in your dorm room? Now, I went to Liberty, and they crammed them in. I'm gonna say on our floor there was probably 50, 60 guys with two no, bathrooms. No, I'm not. Wait, that's true. It's always just two bathrooms with all those people. No, no, I'm talking about actually in your dorm room. Oh, how many did you have in the room? Uh, there were three. I think Max was three. We had 12. It was a big room with two huge closets. Now you're talking about miserable. You can't have any peace and quiet or anything. But anyways. I do. So I have a funny story for you. Okay. Uh, I first, so uh, me and a buddy of mine, we both went to Liberty and we're rooming together. And uh, our third roommate, we have never met before. So I I, uh, I call him up on the phone, introduce myself and nice guy and everything. And so uh, we get there a day before he does. I get the bottom bump. My buddy's got the top bump. And so the guy comes in, we meet him and everything. And I kid you not, nobody told us this guy had night terrors. Oh, and no. so he would start screaming. And I kid you not, one time he yelled, Dad, get the knife. And we're, I looked at my room. And I'm like, what is up with this freak? What is going on? Oh, and no. I kid you not, one time he got up to use the restroom in the closet. Oh, I'm no. not making this up. We are like, you know, we had to talk to him like we're his parents. All right, sweetie, let's don't urinate in the closet. Come on, <laughs> let's go back, lay down in bed. <laughs> So yeah, dorm life traumatized me to say the least. Yeah. I used to have nightmares that my wife was going to send me back to college. (laughs) I I mean, that is so true. Anyways, college life isn't that bad, I guess. Uh, So I I was saved at the ripe old age of 15. You had some sinning to do. I had had a lot of sinning to do up to 15. That's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. The two of us that are actually doing this podcast, we're church planners. Uh, You know, of course, I'm in Stafford and uh, Dusty's in Fredericksburg area. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the pastor's new beginnings, as I said in the opener, here in Stafford, Virginia. We just started back in August, and mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's going, it's kind of crazy with the COVID, but it's going pretty well. Oh, it's, a, it's a whole nother way of doing ministry, that's for sure. Yeah, I think we, I think our whole idea of min- ministry is going to change. Well, I think you have to be a little crazy to plant a church. Well, yes. I, I think you have to be really crazy to plant it during a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. Uh, to say the least. Uh, of course, of course, I would start now. Yeah, this is a great time to begin. So we're we're, we're doing our best, and the Lord is blessing. I th- I think He's blessing. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've got some things going on, and and it kind of leads into our subject today, comparison, because we look at all these other churches, and here we are as a small church trying to start in a pandemic, and you get to you get to comparing, yeah. and it's hard. 
it, it kind of tears you down, makes you sad, upset you. So we're, we're introducing ourselves before we get into that. Pastor Dusty, why don't you go ahead and you're the, you're the pastor of Braveheart Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my, sir, my okay, friend. Okay, yeah. So we are a church plant. We're about to, we'll be celebrating two years at the end of November. And I'm and, celebrating two months. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So a little bit about myself. Uh, before I went to ministry, I was a runway model. Uh, I appeared in Paris and Milan, Vogue, you name it, I was there. But the truth is, listen, the only model I could be would probably be a before picture. Like, look at this guy. He was a slob before he got his act together. Really? You were a former model? Me too. I was a hand model. I had to quit because I just couldn't handle it. Oh, man, that's terrible. That's a dad joke for you right there. That's just rough. Couldn't. I'm not going to lie. That's rough. Maybe I should put echo on that. Just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't handle, handle it. it. <laughs> So family-wise, okay, so been married for 12 years. If you saw my wife, you would agree that God answers prayers. Married up for sure. Uh, met at Liberty University over in the computer lab. And so I knew that initiating the conversation was half the battle. All you guys out there know what I'm talking about. So acted like I couldn't get my computer to work to strike up a conversation. And, uh, tw you know, dated for five years. Uh, we were on that long road to marriage. And I've uh, been married for 12 years. I have... Uh, too many kids. Uh, no, got two kids, two boys. Uh, Education-wise, like I said, I went to Liberty University. You know, you know what I think, Brent, if some of my professors could hear me now, listen, give me a C in hermeneutics. I'll show you. I'll do a podcast. <laughs> and so went to Liberty, got a degree in uh, religion, uh, went to Louisiana College, got a master's in uh, pastoral ministries, and then just finished up at Virginia Tech and a master's at Virginia Tech. Virginia Beach Theological Seminary. God forgive me. I do not want hey, to go to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech pastoral theology Man, degrees. I, I did not know they did that. That would be interesting. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> and so now went to uh, Virginia Beach Theological Seminary and got a master's in uh, biblical studies. Well, you're a lot smarter than me because I haven't got my master's yet. I need. I'm work. I'm. I'm talking about working on it. I listen. It just took me a short. 15 years to get my master's. No, okay. So. Well, like I said, I crammed uh, four into six years, so uh, I, it might take me another 20 to do mine. So, Well, I got so I got saved at 12 at a youth retreat in Waco, Texas, and every time I tell people I got saved in Waco, I got to remind them I do not know David Koresh, uh, was not the Branch of Indians, but in all seriousness, hey, we want to have a good time. Uh, like yeah. I told Brent, we we're eating at Potbelly's the other day, which is kind of ironic name yes. for a restaurant. Uh, and I for guess, people eating it. Yeah, I guess massive coronary or bad, you know, dad bod was taken. Um, but, you know, hey, listen, this is your baby. I'm just glad to be in the family. You said that the other day and it cracked me up. Yeah, I'm glad you're joining us. And, uh, you know, again, I hope people will enjoy this and get something out of it and learn. You know, we want to, we want to want Christians to grow. We want people, we want an opportunity for people to see that Christians aren't that bad. You know, we, we can laugh. Your joy is a good thing. I really feel, I mean, it, look, before we get into the comparison thing, let's talk about that a little bit. I really feel like Christians have this mentality that once you become a Christian, you can't laugh anymore. You, there's like no joy. Have you, have you noticed that? Well, I, I, think I mean, Jesus we've been in church. How many churches have you been, um, not necessarily pastoring at, but, you know, assistant pastor, whatever. How many churches have you been in? Goodness. Okay. So I start off in student ministry. I uh, did some uh, adult ministry, college ministry, and then this is this is the fourth church that I've been at. So I'm 37, so I've been in full-time ministry since I was 24. Man, you're a youngin'. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, listen, I see a lot of people that, man, you got to remind them that they're a Christian. Yeah. Like, you got to remind their face that they're a Christian. Like, I, some people just don't have a sense of humor. We had a lady one time at church, and she really didn't have a sense of humor, uh, and I like to mess with her. She was from Ireland. And so oh. I asked her one time, I said, can you do me a favor? And she's like that. I said, will you just say magically delicious for us? <laughs> and the funny thing was she did not get the joke, but she said it. She was like, magically delicious. I was like, that is awesome. Oh, my. <laughs> it was funny to say the least. I went to Ireland on a missions trip. Yeah, you talk about a missions trip. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually did. I went, um, took some teenagers. That was crazy. To Ireland on a missions trip. And wow. when we got there, I went to this uh, uh, gas station. I was getting a Coke. And you talk about good soda. Mm -hmm. 
They got some good pop over there. It's got real sugar in it. <laughs> but, <laughs> something else in it too. Anyways, I, I went in there and this lady's checking the you know at the register checking us out, and uh, she not like actually checking me out if you know. <laughs> but anyway, that's, so, that's a different kind of mission. Yeah, that's that's a different checking out. Uh, so, anyways, I'm checking out and she's talking to me and I can't understand a word this woman is saying. You know, I, I she's just blah blah blah, blah and I I go uh. I'm sorry, excuse me. And, and she repeated and said it the exact same way. And I, I said, um, I, I'm sorry, can you say that again? And she said it again. And finally, I'm like, uh, uh, sh- sure, yeah. So she handed me this Pepsi um, coaster thing and said, here you go. I guess it was like a free, you know, she was asking if you wanted one. I, I don't know, but never say yeah, sure, if you really don't know what's going on. You should have been like, speak English, the language of Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Come yeah. on, we're American. We invented English. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's get into uh, kind of the thing, the subject that we're we're talking about today. We we we've, we've been actually. Are you done introducing yourself here? I'm, I messed up. <laughs> That's, that's listen guys this is our first podcast so just show us a little grace and mercy hey, that's okay people get a kick out of it i think yeah so yeah that's that's me in a nutshell uh you know no this is me in a nutshell help i'm in a nutshell get me out <laughs> you know that's another dad joke by the way <laughs> well we are dads so. <laughs> my my mom told me that day so my mom moved to uh virginia and so love having her at our church uh you know it's the first time i could ever say a member of a church has ever changed my diaper um, but, uh, it was so funny. We were out the other day and, um, so I just had a birthday. So I turned 37 and I was joking around with my oldest and my, my mom literally, literally said this, you know, when you get our age, you know, the jokes are just not funny anymore. I was like, our age. I said, we're not in the same age bracket. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think she's a little older than you. Yeah, just enough. Just, 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 enough. just enough. Uh, all right. Well, we will be taking a uh, kind of a commercial break in between this. I just want to let, give everybody's heads up. We're going to go ahead and start talking about the comparison trap in ministry and in, in life in general, but in ministry and for those that serve in some sort of ministry in Sunday schools. This is not just for pastors. I mean, there, there are... Sunday school teachers that compare themselves to other Sunday school teachers. I mean, have you ever experienced anything like that? Oh, yeah. I think uh, it's human nature to compare ourselves to other people. Um, It's a trap. You know, I use the illustration. I I think Mona Lisa is a beautiful painting. If you look at it, you're like, man, it's a beautiful painting. Uh, But the closer you get to it, you see the cracks, you see the mistakes. And so people look good far away. And it's easy to compare ourselves and either one of two things, either you're going to feel better than them and that's pride or else you're going to feel like, man, I can never amount to what they are, but everybody looks good far away. But once you get up close, you see that we're all people, we're all flawed, we're all messed up. We all have uh, those cracks in our lives. And so I think the comparison, like I said, is a trap. And a lot of times people step in that trap and it really destroys them from the inside out. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and, and what we're what we're basically talking about remaining here is when a pastor, even a, a, a Christian compares themselves to someone else or their ministry, it leads them to some of the things that we're going to talk about today. And, and, you know, and some pastors will say, well, my church is not as big as so and so. I mean, I don't have a jet like Pastor Kenneth Copeland. I mean, blow that coronavirus away. Blow. <laughs> And it's hope he brushes his teeth. <laughs> yeah, whoever, I feel sorry for whoever was in the front row at that uh, during that time. Have you have you ever preached and spit on somebody before? I have. It's terrible. <laughs> I always tell them, listen, it, you know those rides you go and it's like the log drop, where yep. it's like people wet. Like I always tell people the first row, like you got to be careful because just if you stand too close, you'll get wet. You may get rebaptized. I may spit on you. <laughs> I call it the splash zone. The splash zone. Yeah, you, know, you see that on the on the on when you're walking along those lines. This is a splash zone. That's what you do when you get in the front row. That's why we have a lot of back row Baptists. You know that, right? Yeah, they're they're afraid of getting spit on. That explains a lot about our church right now. People are afraid they're going to get spit on, and so they, they don't get too close. Yeah, that's pretty sad. But you know, when they're when they're jealous, though, Brent, I think that they are jealous of other ways that God has gifted them. Um, you know, I, I think about Christmas. So I lo- I love Christmas time. I love uh, we do Santa Claus. Um, if you don't do Santa Claus, that's the man, that's your call. That's awesome. Whatever floats your boat. Um, but you know, it was having Santa Claus was the best 25 first Christmases <laughs> I ever had. We did Santa Claus. My, my parents had to sit me down at 26 and say, listen, we got to have a conversation about Santa Claus. <laughs> and I also learned about the tooth fairy the same day too. It's pretty tragic. And now we have the elf on the shelf. That's even worse. 
that was that's that's scary in itself. Anyway, sorry. I didn't, well, didn't the elf on the you. shelf people get real creative, and we don't have time in my family to be creative. Well, that's creepy. Do you not realize how creepy it is? This little <laughs> elf running around your house and doing terrorizing things. Well, we're too lazy. We just move him over two inches. <laughs> like he's had a rough day <laughs> and Let's a rough see. night. Look, he moved two inches. Yeah, he fell down too. <laughs> Evidently, he's been to Ireland also. Um, <laughs> But I, I think about don't say yes. <laughs> I, I think about Christmas time. Now imagine this. Talk about jealousy in comparison. Imagine if you know, you know, Santa Claus comes or whatever, you get gifts for Christmas and you're so focused on what everybody else has, the gifts they got, so focused on what they got, what they got, what they got, you miss that under the tree there are gifts for you. You know, as Christians, God has gifted us all in different ways. He, you know, he gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us qualities that we can use, traits, uh, personality. He gives us all these gifts. But yet, if we're so focused on the other gifts that people have, we never open up our own gifts. Yeah, I, and that—that that is exactly what happens when when Christians are comparing to each other. God has given us a specific gift in our life, and I, I know you're going to read this verse here in just a minute. Um but um, he gives us gifts. Each of us are different. Uh, you have a gift that I don't have, and I have gifts that you don't have. Um, you know, and and God wants you to use that in a specific way. I mean, God, uh, you know, I'm not trying to brag or anything. Oh, yeah, look at me. But you know, God has given me a gift of creativity. I love to create things, and you know, doing children's ministry. I've got a puppet. I probably shouldn't admit that on a podcast. Wow, I, I got to see this before I leave today. <laughs> His name is Fred. He, he's very, he's very special. Um, and um, you know, I, I love uh, creating these videos with him. I did that when I was younger. I'm too mm -hmm. old now to lay on the floor and put my arm <laughs> up in the air. Um, I remember one time we were doing some uh, video. I don't know why. Why do we get? Why are we getting off subject here? But you know, I just like hearing about <laughs> your, your hand puppet. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, that was quite the introduction when I met my wife. Uh, you I, puppet? I have a puppet. <laughs> it's a miracle you're married. It's a miracle that Jen puts up with you. Anyways, you know, I, I remember just laying on the floor and putting my arm up in the air, and they, we had this little cart that they pulled me around in so I could make him look like he's walking like across the screen. <laughs> no, no, what? Elector. They put him on the dolly. <laughs> we pretty much, yeah. Hello, Fred. <laughs> so, so, it, you know, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, God gave me that ability mm -hmm. to do such a thing. And God has given each and every one of us uh, a gift. And mm -hmm. we shouldn't be comparing to one another because you may be better at something that somebody else is not good at. Yeah. Well, that's why it's the body of Christ. If everybody's a right arm, you wouldn't get much done. That's right. Um, you know, 1 Timothy 4.14 says this, Do not let the gifts you have. Which, you've, which have been given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. And what are they saying? Hey, listen, use your gifts. That God made you a certain way to use your own gifts. Don't be worrying about other people's gifts. But I do have a funny Christmas story. Okay. Oh, boy. All right. So I really, one year, I really got into paintball. Like, I was really down with paintball. I, I loved it. Um, and so I got a few months before Christmas, I had a paintball gun. I had all the, you know, the paintballs, that kind of stuff. And my middle brother got a paintball for Christmas. So Just one? Yeah, so he he got he has he has his gun, he opens it up, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Guess what? You have ten seconds. I'm gonna start shooting you. So you might as well un you know unwrap the present. He started laughing. I'm like, no, I'm serious. And so I started counting the ten, and he is running through the yard trying to open it, and I'm just capping him in the back. <laughs> and so uh, my brother hasn't talked to me since then, but hey, listen, it was well worth it uh, to say the least. But yeah, I, I think comparison can be poisonous. Yeah. Um. You know. Who's well, jealousy last? is poisonous. Mm -hmm. Who's the last one to realize they're being poisoned? The one being the one poisoned. Poison, yeah. Poison. Um, but I think about this, that it can lead to insecurities. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into insecurities, um, so basically, you know, what, what Christians are doing, they're, they're kind of like keeping up with the Joneses or, mm -hmm. or uh, well, that's what we used to say. I think mm -hmm. now it's keeping up with the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. I got canceled, actually. Really? I don't yes. even, I don't, I've never even seen the show. That, I shouldn't me, admit me. that. We just lost followers. They just they just unfriended us. I I've never seen the Kardashians either. <laughs> well, are you lying? Okay, uh, don't no, I don't answer that. We we will plead the fifth. But um, you know, not to, not to get a, a ahead of ourselves. But mm. there's a good verse in Galatians six four. It says, "But let each one test his own work, mm. and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor." Mm. What what a good thought. You know, God gave you this. Don't be looking at everybody else. You test your own work hmm. and concentrate on it. We don't. We don't need to be jealous of others. We just need to be happy with how God made us. 
I, I like those verses in James. Sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, you made a good point about not being jealous. I, so part of seminary, we would we would have to practice like our sermons. It, it, okay, so I called it. Oh, no, I, call, I did that. I, yeah, I remember I called this a hell week. Um, and the reason I called it hell week was that, you know, they'd have 30 people and they would preach. And it was all from the same, the same scripture. <laughs> and listen, you can only get so creative. And it's like, okay, it's the you know, the 20th time I've heard this scripture preached, you know, but uh, it, you know, I didn't really call it hell week. That's interesting. So we would sit there and it was, it was rough at times, but there always seemed to be this one pastor that they would always pick on. I'm not talking about the class. I'm talking about a famous pastor. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say their name, but they would always, they'd always, for some reason, bring this pastor into their sermon. I don't know how, but they'd always do it. And they'd always kind of, they were, they would mock him. Now, I don't agree with everything this pastor says. And like I said, he's a he's a famous pastor. I like the guy. I don't agree with everything he says, but he's winning people to Jesus. And they would always bring him up for some reason in their sermon. And it just came off as petty. Hmm. It came off as jealous. It came off as, you know, I, I'm jealous of what this guy has. And it really made me mad because, you know, the Bible talks about not touching God's anointed. I may not agree with somebody, but you know what? Jealousy comes out. And pastors so easily. I, I feel like sometimes people are so focused on other people's ministries, they forget they have one themselves. Yeah, they're comparing the size of the ministry. They're comparing the the size of the building yeah, or the yeah. looks of the building. And, and I understand. I mean, I've been in smaller churches and the buildings, uh, I don't even know what to say. Catacombs? <laughs> yeah, that would be a good description of it. And, and you know, and, and you look at these other churches you're like, man. They're really taking care of this place. What's wrong with my church? What's wrong with my group of people not taking care of their church? But it's just a it's a jealousy factor. Yeah, and and we can't get into that. You know, some verses in James that I really like. I, I think it kind of can be applied here a little bit, and that's in James chapter one, mm-hmm. verses twenty two through twenty five. You know, be ye doers of the word, not hearers. But the one part of that verse in verse twenty two, it talks about how you're supposed to be looking in the mirror at yourself. Mm-hmm. If if we would just concentrate on us, ooh. It would save us a lot of trials. Years ago in college, there was a gentleman. He came up to me. I guess he knew I was weird. I don't know. <laughs> but he came up to me. He goes, look, I'm doing a video. I'm like, okay. Was your, uh, was your puppet there? <laughs> no, I didn't have the puppet yet. <laughs> uh, um, but anyways, he said, look, I want to do this video, and uh, I want you to be in it. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. You just met the guy? No, no. He oh. was in my dorm. <laughs> <laughs> if that don't say stranger danger on it, I don't know what does. I want to do a video with you. I, a video. I know we've never met before. And, and he goes, okay, this is what I want you to do. He goes, I'm doing the Sunday school lesson i'm doing it on james 1 22 through 25 about looking in the mirror looking at yourself mm-hmm. you know don't be like the man that walks away and mm-hmm. doesn't uh you know change what's in it on himself so so he's comparing this to a man getting up so basically i did this a video i got up i had crusties in my eyes you know boogers coming out of my nose we you know we kind of painted it on you know oh you and, literally <laughs> wow and uh you know i woke up at noon i'm in my pajamas i'm bunny slippers on i'm walking down uh the college uh campus to go get my mail and we're videotaping this whole thing you know i'm mm-hmm. getting in the car i'm going to going to the arrest the, the fast food restaurant all with this stuff all over my face and the point is is you know hey you got to look at yourself mm-hmm. because they're you're too busy looking at somebody else and sometimes we're looking at somebody else for the negative side but we're look, we're comparing to somebody else sure. and we're we're missing the fact that Again, I know this is kind of it's kind of a little off topic in these verses, but w- when we're comparing, we're what, what we're end up doing is we're missing what God has already given us, mm. and then we're not cleaning ourselves up in the same process. Yeah. When we look in the Word, it's not about uh, well, if my wife would just mm. no, it's about you, yeah, taking care of you. But God, I think, would bless us more if in the churches and in our ministries if we would just do wholeheartedly with what gift God has given us mm-hmm. and not be jealous of somebody else. No, I think you're hundred percent right. I, I think jealousy leads to a lot of things. And I, I've known a lot of pastors and just ministry leaders or just people in di- you know, that just, we want to compare. And I, I think it is crucial to understand who you are, to be confident in who you are. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be polar opposite of somebody. Uh, God has created you who you are for a reason. God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, um, Ephesians says that we are his workmanship. He he created us specifically. I like that scripture too. Yeah. Uh, you know, that then God is working in us. And maybe this is a lull in ministry because we before we came on air, we talked about, man, this is a hard time right now. Yeah. 
COVID is difficult. Um, you know, I, I know Brent, you had the same heart as I do for outreach, outreach, outreach. Yes. Um, we believe that people won't come to church because it's the thing to do anymore. I grew up in the deep South, any South of me, you're in Mexico. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we're all about, uh, outreach. And, and so, but it's been a hard season to do outreach, you know, we're, I, I grew up always doing outreach, you know, it's, it's a, it's a thing to do to reach people. People are not going to come to church because, Hey, it's Sunday, you know, it broke my heart. My, my oldest started playing flag football and want to know, by the way, want to know. Um, and Ooh. so, yeah, there you go. And so shout out to the Fredericksburg Christian school Eagles, uh, eight and nine year old division. Okay. Are, uh, we, are you going to get paid for that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm an endorser, but you know, to go there and see a bunch of people will show up for a football game but churches are empty. And right now, and maybe part of it's Corona, and maybe it's just a lull in ministry. You know what? God is not done with you. I know there's a lot of people who give up way too soon. And when you give up, never. I see a lot of people who throw in the white towel. They're just, they want to give up because they've compared for so long or things are not going to get better. We're going to get past this lull of coronavirus. This is where you talk about your idea of creativity, that we've got to be, you know, very creative. Mm -hmm. You know, I love Ed Young Jr. out of Grapevine, and I love that how creative he is. And I'm like, man, I wish I could be as creative as that cat, you know. But yep, there's a comparison. There's a comparison right there. Listen, we have got, well, that's conviction. Wow. Way to go, jerk. No, oh, I'm joking. I'll like to say that. You know what? Be who you are. Yeah. And, and it may be a lull right now. And this is a hard time. For Clean everybody. up the boogers off your own face. Yes. Yes. Listen, you've got to wipe off your own eye, eye <laughs> snot before you do it on somebody else. But no, like you said, a comparison really does lead to a death inside of us. And at least yeah. some other things. How about insecurity? Have you ever known a pastor to be insecure? Yeah. You know, before we're talking about insecurities, let's go ahead and take a break. You don't want to go to insecurity. No, 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 no. Because no. I, I am insecure big time. But uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We, we're reaching about 27 minutes. And so we want to take a break. What, what did you call it earlier? We have a new sponsor. Man oh, yeah. Mandels. <laughs> Candles for men. <laughs> All right. We'll be back in just a moment. Ladies, do you enjoy receiving candles as gifts? Well, then think how much you'll enjoy giving them to that certain man in your life. Mandels has candles for all types of manly men. Are you looking for that ultimate gift? Something that just says, Dad? Try grilling out campfire or a1 steak sauce is he having the guys over for the big game but the home smells too much like a woman don't worry light up one of our sport themed mandals pigskin new baseball glove bowling alley musty locker room don't know what to get the man who is admired for his manliness by other manly men never fear the chuck norris sweat mandal is here then it's time to say goodbye to the likes of Golden Spice Pear and Seaside Holiday. And say hello to Urinal Deodorizer, Bait Shop, Red Meat, Wet Dog, Bacon Jalapeno Cheeseburger, Fear, Hardware Store, Charcoal, Peel Out, Mud, Fried Chicken, Leather, Burrito Fart, Mandels are scientifically engineered in our German laboratories by our professors of manology. Mandels are certified all-natural, 1% wax, and 99% testosterone. This offer is not valid in stores, so call now. Here's how to order. Call 1-800-MANDELS. That's 1-800-626-3537. Mandels, makers of manly man candles since 1907. Don't delay. Call now. That's 1-800-M-A-N-D-L-E-S. I don't know if my wife is listening, but listen, I would love for Christmas to have a mandel. I, I personally like Chuck Norris sweat. I'm old school. Like a man should be a man. I don't know if you've seen on Facebook, there's a comparison of 80s, uh, <laughs> 80s like macho man movie stars are all like heavily overdosed on steroids and superheroes today, like they wear skinny jeans and you can count the change in their pocket. Like I think a man should be a man. Like we're old school at, at my home. We're like, my kids fall down or anything. I'm like, I don't care if you got run over by a truck. Listen, walk it off. You're are, a man. Are you bleeding? Are, are you dead? Are you dead? <laughs> The true sign of a man. You didn't die. 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think I like the A1 steak sauce candle. That, that's probably the one that I, you know, welcome back, by the way. Uh, I, we were talking actually during the commercial break, we were talking about college life and uh, some of the silly, crazy things that we did in college. And I like I like what Dusty said. He said we're, we were finding ourselves. <laughs> uh, I'm not too sure we liked what we found a couple of times, but I remember when I was in college, I had a dean of men and he, he got in all the men and gathered us into the auditorium one week and he was going to talk to us about being a man. He was, he was actually in this quartet. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did he use a puppet in the conversation? <laughs> no, there was no puppet involved in this ministry. But you know, he comes in and, he's, and he was in this quartet. Now, I'm not going to tell you what he sang in the quartet. So here he is. He's he's up there talking to us about being a man. And the last thing that he said to us, and I'll never forget it to this day, I could still hear his voice in my head was, be a man, be a man. <laughs> One day I'll be a real boy. <laughs> Uh, I, I think you figured out what uh, he sang in the quartet. That's beside the point. We're, we'll get back into what we're talking about. We're, we're, he played the sound booth. <laughs> no, he was actually a good singer. He really was. But man, he could get up there. But I just thought it was funny, you know, because you were talking about mandals and being a man and you know, be a man, be a be man. man. You know, he really <laughs> liked that. You like that sound effect. I liked, I liked the echo. He came out and he's like, be a man, be a man, everybody. <laughs> it sounds like the Geico commercial with with Pinocchio. <laughs> I'm a real man. <laughs> there should be a man test. Like, okay, oh so I, gosh, I said yes. this from the pool. Especially if you're gonna be a dean of men. Yeah, I, I got I said this one time from the pulpit and I got some strange looks one time and I said this, you're not a man until you've been punched in the face or you punch somebody in the face. And they're like, That's not that that's messed up. That's not true. I was like, because you haven't punched in the face. I said, we can make you a man right here, right now. <laughs> have you ever said something to the pulpit and you're like, man, I should not have said that. Okay. So funny story. <laughs> I was, I was in student ministry down in Louisiana. Loved it. I uh, love student ministry. It's really awesome seeing some former students still following Jesus, of course, involved in ministry, having babies, all that kind of cool stuff. <laughs> And I talked on the prodigal son. And uh, so we, I think this was our junior high. So we had, we had, we had a, God bless us with a big student ministry. And so we had to really break them up junior high and high school. So I was doing the junior high uh, and then I'd speak to the high school and we're doing the prodigal son. And if you look at some translation uh, of the prodigal son that says that he wastes his money on prostitutes. And so we had a youth worker, a great guy named Ryan. And so Ryan was in the back and I, I didn't mean it like this, but how it came out, I said, listen, if you don't know what a prostitute is, go ask Ryan. <laughs> and so as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, uh-oh. Can, can we rewind and redo that? Yes, please? yes. And so, uh, and I was like, wait, hold up. I don't think Ryan, Ryan, do you know what a prostitute is? <laughs> So no, I've said things where I'm like, I got to walk that back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I hate it when you say something from the pulpit and then you're you're laying in bed that night and you're thinking about your message for the day and then you go, oh no, oh no, I can't believe I said that. My wife didn't let me get that far. She'll, <laughs> she'll tell me when you're in the parking lot, you're like, really? She's like, that's messed up. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that's true. I think I think Jen would definitely point something else like that. But let's get into what we were talking about. We're talking about comparison and how uh, us as pastors or Christians in general, we would compare ourselves with somebody else and kind of the poison that it builds into our system. It changes who we are and develops things in our lives that we shouldn't be developing. And the one that we're going to be going into now is insecurity. Are you sure? I think so. Okay, we can do, insecure, we can do insecurity now. <laughs> now, listen, there. I think there's a lot of pastors who struggle uh, with insecurity. I, I would say, goodness, 70% of pastors are insecure. And we all struggle with that. You know, I, if I was to be really honest, student ministry, college ministry, and even, you know, pastoring, everything before church planning, really just, God just blessed it. It was just right place, right time. God was using it. Uh, church planting has been hard at times. You know, mm -hmm. you're like, okay, what what is going on? Why is this not growing fast? I mean, and what am I doing wrong? Yeah, yeah. Do I suck at life? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. We, we've had salvations and baptism, and, and you know, there are a lot of churches that say, "Man, I wish we could be a part of what they're doing." You know, we we always feel like, "Man, I got to look at somebody else," but there's always somebody looking at you and saying, "I wish I had your life. I wish that I was where they're at." And, and so, you know, for me, it's like, okay, what's going on? Like every other ministry has really just kind of taken off. Even the pandemic, it's like, all right, we still should be growing. We should still be growing. I, I know that this has closed down every place in the world, but we should be growing. And it was a lot of insecurities. Like, okay, we think, well, great numbers equals God is moving. Low numbers, man, what is going wrong? Yeah. And, and we don't see that in scripture. 
No. No. Well, once we realize that when you're looking at the book of Acts and you realize that it says that God mm-hmm. added to the church, he's going to add who he wants to add to that church, you know? Yeah. And, and once we realize that, I think that'll change our perspective. But what we do and what pastors do, I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor speaking from experience. We start saying, well, you know, why is my church not growing? Mm-hmm. What am I What am I doing wrong? What, what part of the ministry do I need to get rid of? What do I need to knock off uh, to change? I think it starts with the puppet. <laughs> I'm, I don't bring Fred out, okay? He has not been out at New Beginnings Church, all right? <laughs> Sounds like a sermon topic. Actually, in fact, Fred is coming out. Um, I'm going up to, <laughs> listen, <laughs> not out of the closet, if that's what you're thinking. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not here to judge. Um, but um, I'm actually doing a children's revival here in a couple of weeks. Up in, yeah, I'm up preaching for that Sunday, aren't yeah, I? Yes, you are. You're actually, so you can talk about Fred if you want. God can use anything, but yeah. that's that's beside the besides subject we're talking about insecurities uh, now i'm insecure about my puppet thank you very much <laughs> you have just ruined me <laughs> no but we have to be comfortable in who we are in our calling that yes you know one thing talk about insecurity and this will kind of bleed into maybe a little bit what i was going to talk about the next segment is this is that you know i love i love andy stanley like i love andy mm-hmm. stanley he's my I favorite communicator like you know uh, sometimes i would get mad after listening to him not that i disagreed with him not yeah. that i thought man he was wrong it was mad at myself why can't i be as good as he is and it would like depress me like i, I believe pastors need to have pastors so i i have like physical you know physical pastors that i that are my mentors people i look up to but i also listen to pastors that i will never meet probably and i love listening to andy but it would make me mad because i'm like why can't I be that? But here's the deal, though. Just like the, the illustration we talked about is that Andy has his own struggles. There's, listen, there when you're at bigger churches, there's just bigger problems. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it would make me insecure. Like, man, I can't, I can't really communicate the gospel. I can't connect with people. I would catch myself doing things that he does. Like, I'm a big sit on the stool guy and talk. I, I've always been a conversational guy. You know, my thought is I don't want to be somebody preached at. I want people to feel like it's two friends at a restaurant, eye to eye, knee to knee, having a conversation about life. But I saw, caught myself doing other things that he does. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not me. That's not who I am. I, that's not how I roll. But in saying that, we have so many people who are so insecure. And I think to overcome that security, number one, like I said, is, is don't compare yourself. Yeah. Be confident who you are, though, how God has gifted you. Yeah. You know, hey, listen, focus on your gifts you do have. I am not tech savvy. We're sitting here in your uh, dining room and I see wires coming out of everywhere. Um, you know, I don't have a clue how to do that kind of stuff. I wish I did, but you know, God's gifted you that way. Uh, God's also gifted you with hair. I don't have that either. <laughs> Wow, this is getting a little bit depressing. Uh, no, but seriously, that we've got to find out how we've been. We need to find out how God has gifted us. And so many Christians don't go and look for the way that they're gifted. And they, yeah. they it's, a, it's a cop out. And we become lazy and apathetic and, and jealous and insecure. Well, and that'll a, destroy you. I think a lot of Christians, though, don't even know what God has gifted them with. Mm. I, I don't know if it's that they just don't know or they're not trying to find it. Because, you know, even times, well, I better not mention who it was, but but there's been times recently that I've had a conversation with somebody. Fred. No, not Fred. I don't, I'm, I'm not <laughs> Brandon Trulicus, okay? I think I just said that wrong. Never let that Trulicus. down. <laughs> I shouldn't have admitted that. Hey, would you like to meet my puppet? Please do something. Do me a favor, okay? Does your family send out Christmas cards? <laughs> Like we do Christmas cards of everybody in our family and we'll go out to like Sneed's farm, which is nice out here. We'll go out to Belvedere. Oh, you want me to put Fred in the Yeah, you, you read my mind. I won't <laughs> I want Fred sitting on your lap. Or I want him in the background. <laughs> I think that would be epic. And if you could do that, I would say that this podcast was uh, a success to be honest with you. <laughs> you mean you mean, mean epic. 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 <laughs> we're always getting off topic with the puppet thing, but I don't even know what I was saying before that. Doesn't matter. We're talking about insecurity. I, you know, I'm big time insecure in a lot of things. You know, I, I will I will sit there and compare myself to uh, preachers and evangelists, and you know, I wish I could preach like that. And you know, that's actually a huge thing I think in college as well, because uh, you know, we were talking about the finding ourselves. Mm. Uh, but you know, we, we, they, in college they're finding themselves. They tend to act like other preachers. Yes. I wanted to give you this years ago. I'm not going to mention his name because he's still a missionary. He was a missionary and he would get up and he'd be talking to you like this right here. 
And mm-hmm. he'd be talking to the church just like this. And then he'd get his preacher voice <laughs> and he'd start the prayer. So he'd be talking like this and he'd go, dear heavenly father, all God almighty coming this far <laughs> to a theater near you. I, I just, I, t- to me, that's like a, a cop out. It's, it's mm-hmm. your, your, you got that. I think that is, I think that's his, his insecurity. And then he'd yeah. get to preaching like that too. So that's funny that you say that because I remember I told you about Hell Week. And part of it was we had to critique other pastors when they were preaching. Some of these cats have been, I mean, in seminary, they've been pastors longer than I've been alive. But we had this one guy, he would talk to normal, but when he'd go up there, he would sound like a used car dealer. You know, I, I guess one of my critiques I always got was used too many illustrations. And I'm like, well, I kind of follow Jesus. He uses <laughs> illustrations a lot. But he would sound like a car, you know, a car dealer, you know, used car dealer. And it's be the same person. I think you nailed it. It's because like we had to put on this front just be you be who god created you to be uh i don't mean that in a sinful way you know hey go be you no i mean be the person that god wants you to be use your own gifts your own talent your own personality Mm -hmm. use humor if you're funny if you're not don't use it and so yeah i I, i've seen that firsthand and it's like hey Mm -hmm. listen god you're missing out on your gift under the tree yeah you really are I, i had a good quote by kipling i want to share it says this if you walk with the crowd and keep your virtue, or walk with kings, nor lose your common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance running, yours is the earth and everything in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. And what I see that is be secure in who you are. Mm -hmm. Be you. Yeah. Don't let anybody change you. Don't don't let insecurities change you, but also don't let pride change you. Yeah. And when you're looking and comparing to somebody else, that's what that's what it brings. It brings about this pride because you're so much. You you either think that you're better than somebody else, and uh, I know you're trying to lead into the next. Good job. You like, but, uh, you know, we get insecure and we start looking ourselves, and you know, I can't do. I can't speak as good as he speaks. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, I can't. You know, communicate with somebody else as good as he does or she does. And and then we go, well, I can't be a son. Sunday school teacher because I can't do that. Years ago, I had this lady. She was a great lady, wonderful. And I, she was, uh, I think she was about 70, 80 years old and she could run circles around me. I, I mean, I'm serious, run circles. And she wanted to be in the bus ministry. And, you know, I said, well, that's great. That's wonderful. I'd love for you to be in the bus ministry. And she was excited. She was so excited about starting, got to that Sunday and she came up to me and she goes, listen, I, I just got to thinking about it, and you know, some people were talking with me. I'm just too old mm. to be in the bus ministry, and that's that insecurity. You're not yeah. too old to be in the bus ministry. You're not too old to serve in some other. You're not not good enough to serve in some. You know, here we got this. It brings insecurity, but it also brings about the next one. I'm sorry about the ringing phones and clocks in the background. The you know, old man clock in the background. You really have a landline. Yeah, we do, but it's just for work. That's all it is. That's Whatever it. you need to tell yourself. Yeah, yeah who has landlines anymore? Wow. Comparing to one another, th- this comparison brings in pride. Yeah. It, it causes us to to think of ourselves better than somebody else. It, you, you put down this verse. I, I don't know if you want to read it, and I'll, I'll say, I want to say something about it. Yeah, uh, Proverbs 16, 18, and you know this verse says, Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. You know this is one of the most misquoted Bible verses in the world. Yep. Because most people say pride goes before a fall. That's what they say, but that's not what the Bible says. It says destruction. You can't get if you blow up. <laughs> you can't get up from being blown up. I don't care how much of a man you are. If you <laughs> blow up, you're not getting up. Well, I think of a story about Charles Stanley. So I, I you know, I've said I, I love Andy. I love Charles. Yeah, um, I, I like him too. I actually got to talk to Charles on the phone one time. Really? Yes. So we had a common connection in Louisiana, and they said, "Hey, Charles is going to call you." I know how big of a, of a I don't say fan. That sounds weird, but just you know, you love you love Charles. I'm like, oh sure, whatever. And so I was. You I was, didn't say, oh sure, whatever. You're like, yes. I, I was giddy. I, I okay. may, uh, yeah, I may. Uh, <laughs> never mind. So I, uh, I was in the mall out there in Louisiana, actually in Mississippi. We're in the mall. We're walking around. I get a phone call from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm like, who is this? And, and I answer the phone. And it's like, this is Dr. Charles Stanley, and that is the worst Dr. Charles Stanley impersonation ever. <laughs> and I was like, uh, <laughs> and I saw so waved at my wife. I like motioned her watch the kids, and I went to another store and sat like next to the mannequin. And he's just like, I just wanted to pray with you. And I'm like, uh, 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 hi. And um, 
I like you. (laughs) You're my friend. And so he prayed for me and everything. And actually he sent me a gift in the mail. Really? And if you know who I am, he doesn't evidently. (laughs) He sent me a tie. And and I've always (laughs) told people, I was like, I wear a tie if I'm marrying them or burying them. And depending on who you marry, sometimes it's the same thing. And so like, I think I've worn it once, but it was pretty cool. But one time, uh, Charles Stan was on a flight and I hope uh, your wife doesn't listen to that, by the way. (laughs) Probably won't. And so she's like, I got better things to do. I'm going to watch the paint dry. And so she, uh, she. Stanley. You're talking about Charles. Thank you. Thank you. Charles Stanley was on a plane. It was another pastor. He was a very successful pastor. This is in the eighties, had a big old jet there by themselves. And he said to Charles, Charles, don't we have everything we've always wanted? Oh, wow. And Charles wrote, he said, you know, the Holy Spirit said, don't you think for a second you did this? And within that year, that man who said that was out of ministry. Mm. So pride will destroy you. Uh, Pride is saying a lot of times I deserve better than I have. Yeah. You know, I wrote a a blog years ago, you know, when I was actually writing, but uh, I wrote a blog years ago and I I called it lessons learned the hard way. Mm. And one of those lessons was that I'm not, I'm not better than anybody else. Yeah. You, we get in ministry like, well, I deserve this. You know, I should be, I should be doing this and having this position. And, and why is he the pastor? I I can preach better than that guy. And we get this pride about ourselves and you know what? It does destroy us. Years later, I went to that pastor and apologized wow. to him. Wow. And and he actually is like, what are you, what are you apologizing about? Mm-hmm. But I did. And, and apologized to him for how I acted because I was so proud, prideful. Man, I can't even say the word. So prideful over myself, like I'm something big. But it destroys. It destroys ministry. I remember one time, I, I've always, you know, when you, it's easier to preach uh, when you're not, you're not the, uh, the normal speaker, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was a student minister and it's easy to come out of the bullpen, you know, when you've had like two months to work on the sermon. And so I've always looked at preaching as either, you know, a home run, you know, a double, a triple, man, if you get a grand slam, like that never happens, but it happens occasionally. And so I preached one sermon and uh, I really felt like it was a grand slam. And so I get in the car, I'm talking to my wife. Oh man, this is awesome. And she looks at me and she says, you're not as good as you think you are. And man, the Holy Spirit drop kicked me in my soul. Uh-huh. You know, my wife hates that story and I love my wife, but not enough not to share that story. <laughs> and so it was like a <laughs> dose of reality that sometimes it may not be, I'm not good enough. I'll never be. Sometimes it's, I'm better. I deserve more. Yeah. I can do better than they can. Hey, put me in coach. And there's a lot of Christians who struggle with pride. I feel like there's two areas. Like they're either Christians are very, very prideful. And I've known a lot of those mm-hmm. arrogant, just, I mean, it just turns you off right away. It's life is all about them. And yeah. you have the other ones who are like, I can't accomplish anything. I'm nothing. And the middle ground is being confident in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That uh, listen, when you and I or whoever's listening, the three people who may be listening to this, <laughs> when they step in the pulpit, we're going, we're going viral. We are going viral. <laughs> the three people to listen to this maybe yeah. is that it's, it's Jesus that speaks through you. Like it's very clear in scripture. You can do nothing apart from me. And, and that's the scripture that comes to mind when I think of pride is like, listen, I can't do this. And, yeah. and think about this for people who are successful and they're prideful. Imagine what God could really do in them if they kind of just, you know, they killed the idol of pride. Yeah, I know. God can really use you greatly if you just give up those things. You know, I've seen so many people and so many pastors that have been so prideful in their life that they have destroyed their ministry completely, are completely out of ministry now. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I probably shouldn't mention it, but Hiles Anderson and uh, you, just how he... Uh, some of y'all had no idea who that is. Uh, look him up, Google it. But, you know, just, just seeing, you know, what has happened to that pastor because he was so prideful and so like, about himself and and then he does something stupid, mm-hmm. and now he's in prison. Now you, but you're talking about his. You're yeah, talking. Yeah, about, I'm talking about not Hiles, but uh, the the other guy. I can't. Scop. Scop. That's what his name. odd name to name your kid. Yeah. Hiles. Hiles Anderson. Hiles. Well, you know, it was the old days. You know? <laughs> yeah. Some some of you, if you, they have, probably didn't have a puppet. <laughs> Imagine if they would have had Fred on staff. What they could have done. <laughs> pride can destroy a ministry. Pride can destroy a Christian from within. And we, we got to make sure that we're not prideful. And it's not, again, it's not going to make you fall. It's going to destroy you. Mm-hmm. It's going to destroy your family. It's going to destroy your marriage. You got to make sure that you're not thinking that you're better than somebody else. You nailed it though. When you talked about comparison though, and pride, I think there's a lot of marriages that can, they compete with each other. Yeah. 
where instead of being on the same team, I'm a better cook than you. <laughs> my <laughs> wife wins that one, but I'll be honest with you. I make a mean bowl of captain crunch. <laughs> um, I, 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 you know, my wife is from Jersey and I mean, I've gotten over that. I can fold the laundry better than <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. She has no competition, <laughs> but, uh, you know, for a, for a woman from New Jersey, uh, she makes a mean bowl of gumbo. I'll give her that. Mm. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of times we want to compete against each other. Who has yeah. it more difficult? Who does this? Who's a better parent? You know, and I, you know, I got convicted. Um, and when I say convicted, I mean in the past 10 seconds. Because, you know, I'll tease with my oldest. And I'm like, because my oldest, I'm, I'm like, he's a daddy's boy. Like anywhere I go, he wants to go. Uh, my youngest, uh, he is, he's a mama's boy, but he's tough as nails. Um, he once made Chuck Norris tap out. Um, <laughs> but you know, I would used to joke and I would say, you know what? I- I'm your favorite parent. Anna. I'm your favorite. Come on. I'm your favorite parent. And what that does is even though it's joking is causing a division Yeah. because you're saying, Hey, who's your allegiance to? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're a team, we're a body. Um, and so we, we need each other. Yeah. Uh, listen, life is difficult. And then you, you throw on ministry. It's difficult. It like right now it's a hectic season for us. We yeah. just moved. We're 30 minutes away from the church. If you're familiar with where we're, where we're at Northern Virginia, there's one word to describe the traffic. <laughs> Hell. Oh wait, can we do Can we do that? You ready? Yeah. yeah. Hell, Hell have no, no fury, fury like, like traffic, traffic in Northern, Northern Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> it's 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 horrible. And so we it took us it took me an hour to get to church the other day. Oh my goodness! And so, but it's this season of juggling of okay, our kids are in school. I'm like, okay, this week this kid's got four tests. Our other kid, I don't know his name. No, <laughs> you know my youngest, Beckel, may have two tests. And it's like, okay, when are we going to study? When are we going to do this? Okay, then we got ministry. Okay, we it is it is a crazy season of life and we need each other we need each other yeah i've always told my family the same thing you know instead of being prideful to one another you know your family is the only one that's really going to have your back in in the future you're going to lose friends i mean i've lost friends i've lost friends that i thought i was going to keep forever and they are gone and hopefully they listen to this podcast. Um, no, but the, no, not Fred. He is here. I know where he's at. He's in a tote. That's how I keep my friends in a tote in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> you. you know, I, I've lost friends and your family's always going to be there. So don't be so prideful to think that you're better than, than somebody as a Christian in general. Pride brings destruction. But there's also some other uh, comparisons uh, that we can do that we don't actually think is that bad. But I think we'll, we're will we going to take another quick little break. We're not going to have a commercial break this time. That's very long, but just a quick little commercial break. And then we'll come into the last segment, which is not is just a closing of uh, this whole conversation. But I'm glad you joined us today. So let's take just a, a moment break. Okay, welcome back, everybody. That was a really long break there, brought to you by Mandels. No, we're not going to play that again. Uh, Welcome back, and we were going to continue and close out this last segment. It's not going to be very long, but just a few moments to talk about how we compare. Sometimes in our comparison, it's not a bad comparison. We'll have to explain that, but go ahead. Go ahead, Dustin. Well, I think, you know, sometimes we can, you know, the state bird in Texas is the mockingbird. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I'd like to incorporate that, but you don't find your value based on whether you can do something or can't do something that's found in Jesus, that all you need is Jesus. You know, sometimes taking your own advice is the hardest thing to do. I, I've, I've talked to many people who are singles and they, and they, you know, they want to find a godly person. They want to get married, all that kind of good mm-hmm. stuff, but they're so desperate to find a person. They look, 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 look. And a lot of times they end up with somebody who is not a good influence or mm-hmm. they're maybe not even a Christian. And it really is a, a dumpster fire at the end of the day. And so what I've always told these people is, listen, don't be looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. When you get to the point where Jesus is all you need and you say, God, okay, all I need is you to be happy. All I need you is for contentment. You're all I need. And when you put down this idol of, I need somebody, I need somebody, I need somebody, God brings somebody in your life that fits the the biblical qualifications for a spouse. In the same way, we got to get to the point in ministry where we say, you know what? Jesus, you're all I need. You know, no matter what you want me to do with my life, whether it's a small ministry, a medium, a large Whatever you want from me, Jesus, you're all I need. I think that really opens the door for God's blessing because you've made it clear that it's only Jesus that 
you need in life. Does yeah. That, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And, and you know, so what we're meaning by the comparison can sometimes not, but you know, we, we tend to look at some people and we think, well, you know, like you, you had talked about here on um, about Billy Graham and how you compared yourself to Billy Graham. You know, we look at somebody and we go, Hey man, I'm going to be like that. I'm going to, and we, we, we're not being negative to these people. Mm-hmm. But we're being positive, you know. They they've got this good quality that we want. Oh yeah, and, and I, I guess that kind of goes along with something we've already talked about. But you know, we look at it and we're like, you know what? I, I want to be like that preacher. I want to I want to go. Ah, amen. I don't know if you. <laughs> that's the way it was in our college years ago. Who is that? <laughs> you never seen those people, man. They carry on, and they they want to they want to be like that mm-hmm. person. There's a gentleman named Tony Hudson. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said his name. Uh, but uh, anyway, you're, you're safe. I have no clue. Who <laughs> good, 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 good. But uh, he that's the way he preached, and you know, people would look at him and go. Ah, I want to preach like him. And he actually started a hermeneutics class where you can learn how to preach like him. And you, you don't want to preach like him. I, I remember preach one like time. Jesus. Yes, 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 Jesus. And th- that's the thing. And that's what I kind of wanted to talk about. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and just like the Pharisees, the Pharisees were about all oh, look at me, mm-hmm. the outside. Yeah. And because they were about that, they really weren't reaching people. Mm. They were they weren't. And so they're here that's why Jesus comes in and he eats with the sinners. Yeah. He pulls a tax collector to be one of his followers. I mean, I mean, come on. He's reaching the people that need to be reached. And as a as a comparison person, we are so busy looking on the outside on who we are and what we've got mm-hmm. and how much better we are that we end up missing the real ministry itself. You'll see more fruit in your ministry if you focus on your the inside, you know, focusing on your characters you know we're doing a series at braveheart community church called character matters and so focus on who you are focus on those godly characters those godly traits and that'll grow your ministry greater than you know what i can impersonate this preacher i can act like this guy i can do this you know focus more on who you are and god growing you Mm -hmm. you'll see more fruit from that than man i can do a great finish you know i mean i can i can really pour it on at the end and you know really try to manipulate a altar call, you know, just focus on who you are and grow yourself first, you know, read You know, I've always said that uh, leaders are readers. Focus on your, your health, your spiritual health. We have so many pastors who are not spiritually healthy. They're so anemic because for their source of strength, they're looking at, I want to be like this. I can do like mm-hmm. this instead of saying, you know what? I want to focus on God growing me so that I can be the leader at home, the leader at church that you've called me to be. Yeah. And, you know, we just got to make sure that we're not comparing ourselves. Just focus on the Lord. Once you focus on the Lord, you're not going to want to focus on anything else. You kind of concentrate on God and God alone. And so that's why we, you know, we're doing this. Again, this is not just for pastors. This is for Christians. Don't compare yourself. You know, well, they got a better voice than me. Don't do that because that can destroy you as a human being, as a Christian. Well, and Jesus said he wants to give abundant life. And I think living in depression, a lot of times can come from comparison and Mm -hmm. and just spiritually unhealthy. You know, we, the main thing is this, can you imagine as a parent, you give your kids gifts, but they're so focused on what the other kid got. They, they miss what you've given them. Mm -hmm. And that would, that would hurt a lot as a parent. As Um, many children as we have, that does happen. (laughs) What's the number? <laughs> we have six total. Wow. Uh, wow! I told you the Brady Bunch. Uh, you're not kidding. You're yeah, not kidding. Yeah. yeah. Listen. Yeah. yeah. You take that. Be fruitful. Multiply seriously, <laughs> don't you? I'm telling you, we need to do a study in Song of Psalms. Uh, there you go. No, that, should, that should have a rating version before we start that one. Yeah. That that would not be approved for a child's listening. All right. Well, let's kind of close out this and just listen. Don't compare yourself. Concentrate on God. Concentrate on Jesus. If we concentrate on Jesus, we're not not going to want to look at ourselves and see what we don't have or what who somebody else is better than us. We'll, we'll look at Jesus and say, we need him. He's able to change the inner man. And I think I was reading that. That was in Galatians. I was reading that for the Marvelous Monday that's coming out here this morning. But anyways, that that, that it's about who's in, it's about changing us inside. And at the very end of those verses, it says God is able. Mm. <laughs> we may not be able to change us, but God is. Yep.
You nailed it. All right. Well, let's let's kind of close this out in prayer. Dusty, thanks for coming out, doing this with us, and I'm enjoying it. Well, I had fun. You I don't know, know I, if anybody else will enjoy this. I'm going to enjoy the hour of traffic I've got going back home <laughs> just to go 20 miles. Oh, 95, 95. All right. Well, let's go ahead and let's pray kind of to finish out this whole thing. Thanks for joining us here today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. I pray, Lord, that you will have some listeners listen to this that are having and struggling with comparison in their own lives, and may they not become prideful and insecure and just deal with these things in their life, but they'll look to you and change their heart completely. God, just bless this ministry that we're starting and may it be something that you use greatly. May you be honored in all of this and may some Christians come to find some laughter and joy as we present this to them. And God, just be with us as pastors, be with our churches, help them to grow and speak to the hearts. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dusty. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you. Like I said, this is your baby. I'm just glad to be part of the family. <laughs> what does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs>